In today's story session, we get into a tale in which literally none of the characters make good decisions. This is The Singing Bone. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast about how folktales and fairy tales were way more fun and entertaining back when they were super dark and completely insane. We don't need family-friendly, we just want the Grizzly Originals. And so I found the most true-to-the-original version of Grimm's Fairy Tales that I could find, and we're going front to back. Today's story is titled, The Singing Bone. And at the end of the episode, we'll come up with a modern-day adaptation inspired by the original. Let's not waste any time. We begin. A wild boar was causing great damage throughout the entire country. Nobody dared to go into the forest where the beast was running around. Whoever had been so bold as to enter the forest and to try to kill the boar had been ripped apart by its tusks. Ugh. So the king proclaimed that whoever killed the wild boar would receive his only daughter for a wife. Seems a bit... a bit much, personally, but... We continue. Now three brothers were living in the realm. The eldest was wily and smart, the second somewhat intelligent, and the third and youngest naive and dumb. They thought of winning the princess and wanted to look for the wild boar and kill it. The two older brothers went out together while the youngest proceeded alone. Man, they really did not think he could have contributed anything to their hunting party. As this young man entered the forest, a little man appeared before him. He was holding a heavy lance in his hand and said, Take this lance and attack the wild boar without fear. You'll easily be able to kill it. And this is what happened. Do they really need to include that in the story? We're reading the story. You don't need to be like, hey, this is what happened in the story. It's the story. That's why we're reading it. He struck the boar with the black lance so that it fell to the ground. Then he cheerfully lifted the beast on his shoulders and carried it toward home. Along the way, he passed by a house in which his older brothers were enjoying themselves by drinking wine. They're just hanging out getting drunk? When they saw him carrying the boar on his back, they called out to him, "'Come inside and have a drink with us. You must be tired.'" The innocent bumpkin didn't suspect anything evil. That's some pretty on-the-nose foreshadowing right there. So he went inside and told them how he had killed the boar with a lance and was delighted about his good fortune. I wonder if he mentioned the little man. It's pretty integral to the story here. And invites a lot of questions. We know nothing about this little man. In any event, we continue... In the evening, they headed toward their home together, and the two older brothers made a plan to take their brother's life. They let him go ahead of them, and as they approached the city and were on a bridge, they attacked him and beat him to death. Then they buried him deep under the bridge. Afterward, the eldest took the boar, carried it to the king, and received the princess for his wife. It took many years before this deed was revealed, and it happened when a shepherd was crossing the bridge and noticed a little bone lying down below in the sand. 
Since it was so clean and snow-white, he wanted to make a mouthpiece for his horn out of it. Ugh. It's a human bone, though. I feel like human bones are pretty... pretty obvious. Kind of creep is this dude. So he went down and picked it up. Later, he made it into a mouthpiece, and as he set it into the horn and wanted to blow, the little bone began to sing on its own accord. Quote, Dear shepherd blowing on my bone, hear my song, for I want you to know. My brothers killed me years ago. They buried me by the brook that flows, and carried off the dead wild boar, and won the king's lone daughter. 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 Pretty flimsy rhyme at the end there, but still pretty impressive for a bone, so I won't judge too harshly. The shepherd immediately took the horn and brought it to the king, and once again it sang the same words. When the king heard the song, he had the ground beneath the bridge dug up, and the skeleton of the dead brother was revealed. The two evil brothers confessed their crime and were thrown into the water. However, the bone of the murdered brother was laid to rest in a beautiful grave in the churchyard. The End so the brothers were thrown into the water. Is that a death sentence? Can they not swim? Or is it just humiliating and that's their punishment? Unclear. Also, don't confess at that point. What is 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 a singing bone admissible evidence? I feel like you could you could sort of refute that. But they did kill the guy, the youngest brother. So they kind of deserve it if if they get put to death themselves. Not not really going to make excuses for that. However, the story does say outright that the youngest brother is naive and dumb. And this is someone who's going to be the king and have a tremendous amount of power in the future if he's marrying the, the lone princess. So you don't want a king who's naive and dumb. He'd spend the entire treasury doing dumb shit like filling the castle with pillows because he wants a cloud castle where he can run around and jump on stuff or like training ducks to follow him everywhere he goes because he thinks it's funny. Can't have a super dumb, naive king. And he also didn't really earn it. He didn't do anything to prove his worth to kill the boar, or even to earn our goodwill as the readers in any way. He, it appears to be totally random that this little man appears out of nowhere and he gives him a magic lance to kill the boar. That's sheer luck. There's nothing about him being the most kind-hearted or anything, and because of that... The magic little man thought he should be king and intervened? No, it's his only character trait is that he's dumb. That's the only thing we know about this guy. He doesn't do anything nice. He doesn't do anything at all, really. This guy should not be king. Ultimately, it was probably a good thing that the smart, wily brother ended up as king. And they don't really make it super clear that he's evil, aside from the fact that he did kill his brother. I'm not going to make apologies for that. He fucking killed a guy. You should, that's evil. That's some evil shit. So he's definitely not a good guy. But in this particular instance, it might have been for the greater good. Like, think, think about the dumbest, most naive person you know. Now imagine that through complete random chance, that dumb person is going to be king and will make the decisions that determine the future of your entire kingdom and country and community, your entire life. Your entire future is, is at stake here. Everyone you know will be at the whim of this lucky idiot, who also could be an asshole. R literally, all we know is that he's dumb. Now, 
I don't think the brother should have killed the poor dumb guy. He definitely didn't deserve that. And the brothers do deserve what they get for killing the brother. But if he's really dumb and naive, then and this older brother is so smart, then just try to convince him to give you the boar. Or let him go back with the boar and let the king realize how dumb this guy is. King doesn't have to honor his promise to let the guy marry his daughter. Killing boars does not equate to being a good leader. Otherwise, animal control and pest control people would constantly be becoming president. And your princess as a bride is a pretty stupid offer anyway. Just say you'll give them a bunch of money. You don't need to let them marry your daughter and later become king. It's always the reward in these stories. These kings just can't wait to get rid of their daughters and marry them off to whoever can accomplish really, really random nonsensical tasks. It's like, chill out, king. It's a boar. It'll die on its own eventually anyway. How long can boars really live in the wild? Yeah, you know what? I actually blame the king for this entire situation. It's too big of a prize. There's too much at stake here. If you went to any country in the world and said, whoever kills this one animal will become president of the country and receive infinite wealth, then there would be just unfathomable amounts of deception and trickery and people killing and tricking each other because it's too much. It's too much. So many people would die. If the king had made the stakes so high, the two brothers wouldn't have been compelled to kill their brother, and they wouldn't have had to kill the two brothers when they found out about the first murder. If it had just been, you get a bunch of money, then the first brother would have killed the, killed the boar, they all would have carried it back, and then they all would have been better off, and the older, smart, wily brother would have done well with investing it and all that, and everything would have been fine, and the princess could have married whoever the hell she wanted to, instead of being forced to marry whoever happened to kill this one boar that was a nuisance this one time. I'd be so pissed if I were that princess. The whole thing is the king's fault for making this ridiculously high offer just for killing a boar. Another thing, who the hell is the little man with the magic lance? They really gloss over that detail, and he's essentially responsible for everything that happens. Is he some trickster god of chaos or something? Did he just pick the dumbest guy he could find? Be like, I'm going to have him kill the boar and just watch the chaos ensue. We need some backstory on who this little man is, what his powers are, what his motivations are, literally anything about him. What the hell is your deal, little man? I want some answers. We need a sequel here. Or a prequel. It's just about little man. You can even call it little man. So yeah, this this story... Pretty much everyone makes horrible decisions. King's decision to give a prize is way too big. Terrible decision. The little man's decision to give the lance to the dumbest person attempting this task, knowing that that person will become king. Terrible decision. The two older brothers' decision to kill their younger brother. Really evil, terrible decision. Bone mouthpiece guy. Just generally being sort of a creep who harvests human bones for musical instruments. That's pretty creepy, horrible decision too. Horrible decisions just all around. The only character that doesn't make a bad decision is the youngest brother. And that's just because he's so dumb that he doesn't really make any decisions at all in the story. He just sort of bumbles around and stumbles forward into killing the boar before being immediately murdered. So the intended lesson is clearly just what goes around comes around. If you do evil... Then evil will come back around to you, 
one way or another. You reap what you sow, which is a good lesson. I like that lesson. But there's just so much other crazy random shit in this story that it gets too convoluted and it just it doesn't seem appropriate anymore. So the real lesson, I think, relates to the king kicking this whole thing off, overreacting to a boar, and, and just the nature of unintended consequences. So the lesson here is, you're responsible for the situations that you create. Think about what could happen as a result of your actions and your own decisions. What you put out into the world can take on a life of its own. Things escalated and got out of hand because he made such a ridiculous proclamation to begin with, firing everyone up and making everyone, driving everyone to murder. That is the lesson that I'm going to take from the singing bone. Feel free to take your own lessons. There's a lot going on here. Let's adapt this thing. So, I'm going to make this a movie. It's basically going to be Indiana Jones meets Rat Race. Not one movie, Rat Race, from like early 2000s. I don't think that movie did particularly well. It was from my childhood. I don't know why I remember it. But Indiana Jones meets Rat Race. So we've got an Elon Musk-type character played by Flew the Borg, the, the German comedian actor. This super successful, ultra-wealthy entrepreneur seems to think that some artifact in the heart of the Amazon rainforest is the key to, to unlocking metaphysical secrets that will give rise to the next great wave of technology. And keep that vague, it doesn't really matter. So he sets up a contest and just says, anyone who can get me this artifact deep in the heart of the Amazon rainforest will receive $20 billion. The exact number doesn't matter, it's just obscene wealth. And then we cut to these different groups who all see this announcement and throw their hats in the ring. So we've got like Silicon Valley tech bros. You can have that be like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, the Lucas bros, those type of characters. We'll have old-timey explorer types who smoke pipes and wear pith helmets. And those will be Paul Lev Tompkins, Matt Berry. Love that. We'll have Eastern European mercenaries, Mads Mikkelsen of high-level special forces from Asia, of Scandinavian inventors who make all sorts of silly contraptions. I'm picturing a huge ensemble here. Just get real wild with it. Got survivalist types, like Bear Grylls, of African militia groups. Just have fun with it, really. Of Hollywood stars Chris Hemsworth, Michael B. Jordan, just playing heightened versions of themselves, just doing this as a fun PR stunt. Of YouTubers trying to make videos the whole time environmentalist hippies who are trying to use this as a way of drawing attention to, to the need to preserve the rainforest. So really just go nuts with the people who are going after this thing. I'm talking all character actors, balls to the wall. So other governments are sending people to go for it. It's madness. So Flew Laborg announces this contest, and these people just descend on the Amazon rainforest. And there are so many people going after this thing that most of the people end up just getting distracted with just taking each other out instead of actively searching for the artifact. So even the hippie environmentalists get completely swept up in killing people in the name of saving the rainforest. Just everyone gets blinded. The Brazilian authorities get totally overwhelmed because they're just like, we don't know what the hell's going on, but we can't control this. There are just too many entities and world powers and, and, and high wealth individuals all gunning at this thing. So which, which essentially means that Everyone going for the artifact is left to their own devices and whatever happens, happens. And there's no consequences for killing people because it's just, it's just too much chaos 
and nobody knows what's happening. So everyone goes for the big targets, trying to take each other out. So the Eastern European mercenaries take out the survivalists. The YouTubers are, are constantly trying to find Chris Hemsworth and Michael B. Jordan because they know that their videos will get way more views if they do. And then they find them, but the environmentalists have totally lost their minds by this point and kill them for not taking the rainforest seriously enough and just using it for content and exploiting it for, for clicks and for likes and for views. So they all get wiped out. The Silicon Valley tech bros, they, they do war with the special forces groups and the militias. And in the end, everyone just gets so caught up and there are little battles that everyone forgets about the old-timey explorers Paul F. Tompkins and Matt Berry, who nobody targeted because nobody took them seriously because they just seemed too ridiculous, like old-timey guys with mustaches and, and pipes and pith helmets. And meanwhile, they were actually doing the research and found the artifact. However, the keeper of the artifact, who is a, a magical person that, that lived alongside the artifact for time immemorial, says, if you take the artifact, then all the forest will die, but I will give you a replacement artifact in its place. Nobody will know the difference, and the forest will flourish. Besides, what's important is not the artifact, but the adventure. And the two explorers agree, and they say that adventure is all they seek, and they happily accept the fake artifact and thank the magical little man. Little do they know that by taking this even fake artifact... They have a target on their back as they try to escape the jungle. And so they're trying to escape the jungle with the artifact, but everyone realizes that they have it. So on their way out, everyone is after them. And as, they, as they're trying to escape one of the groups, let's say it's the tech bros, they kill Matt Barry. And, and he and Paul F. Tompkins, they have a tearful goodbye as Matt Barry's dying. And, and Paul says, we have found the artifact, but in the process we have lost ourselves. Matt Berry says, no, no, you've given me the greatest adventure I could have ever asked for. The adventure of friendship. Now it looks like I have but one last expedition to make, dear friend. And as Matt Berry dies in the arms of, of Paul F. Tompkins, Paul says, Godspeed, my brother in adventure. And he swears to avenge him. And so Paul F. Tompkins does manage to escape with the artifact, and he gives it to Flulaborg, receives the prize money, and then he starts the Paul F. Tompkins Institute of Worldly Vengeance. And he just puts the money towards exacting revenge on all the other groups in, in elaborately creative and explorer-themed ways around the world. And that's the sequel. Paul F. Tompkins, as an old-timey explorer, going after the Silicon Valley tech bros, Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, and the Lucas Brothers, and meanwhile, Flulaborg is trying to use the artifact, but can't because it's fake. So he's trying to track down Paul F. Tompkins and get some answers. And the whole time, Paul is trying to evade him. So there we go. Two movies right there. Can we please make these? I would watch the shit out of these. I want Paul F. Tompkins and Matt Berry as explorers going through some type of, some type of battle royale in the forest. Let's do this. That is how we adapt it. And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sure you've got your own adaptation ideas or your own lessons that you took from the story. You can send those to me over on Twitter or Instagram. I am terrible at social media. Might not see those right away, but send them on over anyway. We'd love to check them out. You can also check out the website, shadowbearstorysessions.com. You can donate. You can contact me. Give me some suggestions or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and 
subscribe. Next week, we've got a story titled The Devil with the Three Golden Hairs. It's super specific, and yet I have no idea what to expect. Come on back next week for that. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Thank you.